Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. On any other day, the other story that we would be talking, we haven't even gotten to it yet, is the other little bombshell that came out on Friday involving the Green Belt, which is a complete reversal of when Premier Doug Ford made this promise to the voters. Unequivocally, we won't touch the Green Belt. Uh, unlike other governments that don't listen to people, I've heard it loud and clear, people don't want me touching the Green Belt. We won't touch the Green Belt. We'll figure out uh, how to clean up this housing mess and this housing crisis that we're facing in a different fashion. But all my friends, I listen to you. You don't want me touching the Green Belt. We won't touch the Green Belt. On Friday, when what we would call a news dump, the Ford government said, oh, by the way, we're going to actually open up 7,400 acres of the Green Belt. We're going to build 50,000 homes. And this is a reversal of their original promise, which was not to touch the environmentally sensitive area. And uh, Municipal Affairs Minister Steve Clark admitting as much that the situation has changed. So what is going to be built on? Um, is all of it sensitive? What are the details of this? Mari Simiatiki is a professor in the Department of Geography and Planning, as well as Canada Research Chair in Infrastructure Planning and Finance. I thank you so much for joining us. Hi, it's nice to be with you. And I do so knowing that I might have to go off to CUPE and uh, play them. But uh, this is one of those issues, Maddie, that on any other day would be the story maker. This is a huge story, both because of the policy and the precedent. The policy is a reversal, and that always catches people's attention. And the precedent of what it says for a green belt uh, that has been with this region uh, now for uh, 15 years, over 15 years, and uh, is beloved, and people cherish it and come to its defense. Uh, and this story in a Friday afternoon news mm-hmm. dump, I think, is definitely catching people's uh, interest and attention. Well, those things are done very intentionally. It's to keep eyeballs off of it. And, of course, everyone focusing on, is my kid going to school, is certainly a, a um, is a distraction. It, it wasn't, though, when I, saw, when I saw it come across, I said, oh, my God, what, are you do- what fight are you picking now? Um, because this will get a fight. Now, there may be some context that I'm missing. Like maybe there are areas that are not so sensitive that can be swapped out. But what they're saying, and you can give clarity, is that they're going to take 7,400 acres away from certain areas, and then they'll take 9,400 more acres from a different area to make up for that. So we're talking about land from King, Vaughan, Richmond Hill, Markham, Pickering, right through to Hamilton. Are there, have you seen, I know that they've laid out the sections and the swaths of land that would be affected. Are these sensitive uh, protected lands? And would the area that they're swapping out for make up for that? Can it be done? Those are all the questions that I have as well. Um, I'd like to know much more detail about where these sites are. I've heard that some of them are adjacent to development that is already starting. Uh, I'd like to know much more about what's on those lands and how exactly sensitive they are, how they relate to the waterways, uh, and also the lands that they're now talking about putting back into the green belt, Mm -hmm. uh, and whether this is an equal trade or whether we're trading a first-line center for a fourth-line plunker. 
So I really, I think that there's a lot that we still need to know uh, about this deal and, and really uh, what the motivations are. I understand that we are absolutely and agree that we're absolutely in the midst of a housing crisis, mm-hmm. but I think this is the wrong way to solve it. This will create all sorts of other uh, challenges that uh, we're going to have to deal with, uh, including building uh, larger highways, which will also cut through the green belt, including locking people into an auto-oriented approach uh, to getting around the city, including issues potentially around our waterways and the Oak Ridge's moraine. It's just a lot going on uh, with this uh, uh, proposal that it just doesn't seem like this is what's needed, even as we are absolutely in a crisis. Well, I think when this uh, land particularly was designated, um, you know, as sensitive, it was never meant that it would be reopened. Once it was kind of protected, it's supposed to be a permanent thing. Um, And so it's not supposed to get smaller. And so I think the argument is you can't really take land away and put it back. Otherwise, they would have done that in, in the beginning. Well, that's right. And the Greenbelt functions as a system, too. It's an ecological system about uh, the waterways and about the way that the nature connects uh, for species uh, to travel through it. Uh, and so it really picking away at it uh, just sets a terrible precedent that it's this 7,400 acres today and just puts the entire Greenbelt up uh, for uh, potential debate and, and for people to start making their own proposals for land in the future. Yeah, and so here we are. I mean, they're talking about these 15 plots of land um, that have been slated for development. And and one thing that um, the minister on this had said, uh, Steve Clark, is that, look, if the developers can't get this together and come up with a proper plan by 2025, then the land goes back to being protected, which, you know, that leaves, I think, a little too many open-ended issues for people because if it's that easy to open and close, then clearly this is not a deal that was ever permanent. You know, I agree with that. And I think what's so important is that this is unnecessary. There is land available within the existing growth area that we could be developing far more efficiently that's already serviced that in many cases has plans and proposals and even uh, development permits that have already been pulled Mm -hmm. uh, on it. Uh, But even uh, if we go beyond those type of sites, uh, we know that there are uh, grocery store sites, big box sites where there's massive parking lots uh, where those could be intensified. Many of those sites are near transit. Uh, We did a study at the Infrastructure Institute that showed that just six landholders, uh, we could build 60,000 units on uh, their sites alone across uh, the region. Then there's the publicly owned land. Uh, There are so many sites that are underused uh, that have like a two-story building on it surrounded by parking that we could be doing much more with. Mm. Think of some of our libraries that are surrounded by giant parking lots or our rec centers. We've got uh, government buildings all over the place that are empty. (laughs) That's right. And we could be doing so much more. So I agree with the minister that we're in a crisis and this calls for urgent action but the urgent action seems to be that we should be using the sites that are already uh, within the growth boundary many of them are right near transit Uh, many of them are already serviced with the infrastructure that you would need to go quickly and we should be incentivizing those landholders to be uh, building uh, uh, smarter growth on those sites uh, right away is there an appeal process to this i don't get the sense that there is because i because again it was never actually supposed to be um opened up again but is there an appeal process that can can i, I don't want to say stall it but essentially um give it some space to to push back well there's a consultation going on right now that i believe is open for 30 days and part of this will be uh, the court of public opinion and whether yeah. Uh, the public uh, comes to the defense of the green belt as it has in the past. We've seen uh, climb downs on this issue uh, mm-hmm. from the premier in the past. 
uh, during the 2018 election uh, and then more recently. So uh, this has been a running theme about the green belt and development around the periphery of the region, as well as highways. Uh, so it's going to really determine, uh, the public is going to determine uh, where this goes. Uh, and the public is distracted right now yeah, uh, with, with, uh, with issues with the schools and, uh, and the education workers. Well, the thing is, though, Maddie, once the kids go back to school, you can tell that people will zero in on this, no question about it. So I don't think we've even heard the true noise of the reaction to this story. So we'll put it in the stay tuned column. But I appreciate you jumping in and, uh, and kind of breaking down where the issue stands now. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you very much. That is Maddie Simitiki, who is a professor in the Department of Geography and Planning. Again, on any other day when we're not talking about labor, uh, union strife, and your kids not being in school, that would be the big issue. And so I do think we haven't really got the blowback yet of, of what, um, you know, the, the reversal on this broke. It is a broken promise. Okay, you can't tell people I'm not going to develop the, the green belt, and then you go and develop it. That is a broken promise. So that story we're going to put in the compartment of not told yet. 